Stefi Community Podcast. Shahira here, co-founder of Finch and venture partner at Scalata Ventures and your host today. Joining me in today's episode is the lovely Ashi Bart, Web3 marketer and founder of Insider App, which is a blockchain loyalty solution for consumer brands. Welcome, Ashi. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. Ashi recently spoke at um, NFT Fest on the topic of Web3 marketing for brands. And I was really pleased to see a lot of household names um, entering the foray, which is very top of mind for them. And I think for us to be able to see brands that we're familiar with, um, you know, making these these dedicated efforts is really the gateway to sort of mainstream awareness and understanding. Um, do you find that it's an easier conversation for you to have because you can reference uh, brands that people are familiar with? Yeah, definitely. So it's great to see some of the biggest brands in the world um, entering this space. And I think that'll be sort of key for um, bringing in uh, sort of the mainstream audience and a big unlock for them when they start to see some of the benefits of this technology and what it enables. So we've seen brands like Starbucks and Nike make headlines in the space, um, just generating so much awareness, but also generating revenue and interest um, in, in Web3 technology. And we've also seen more enterprise-focused brands like uh, Salesforce, as well as Amazon, recently make headlines um, looking to bring in some of their clients into Web3 and um, onboard them onto different chains and um, I, I guess get help them navigate this space. So that'll be um, a great way um, for enabling greater adoption, but also hopefully um, enabling better security and regulation around this space. Yeah, absolutely. I'll stop you there because we'll obviously dive into to all the details of the different yeah. and things that you've um, that you've seen and and uh, we can kind of point to as as good examples of what brands are doing. But I'd love to mm. start with uh, a bit about your personal background and your journey um, into Web three. I understand you come from a marketing con- consulting background, um, so really curious to see. How or hear how you've made that sort of transition in, into Web3? Yeah, sure. So I um, I guess over the last couple of years, I was advising ASX 200 brands on their customer experiences and their employee experiences and thinking about how um, technology could enable that. And I think um, in sort of late 2021, um, I had a marketing agency that I was doing that for, but I was also consulting for big brands like uh, KPMG and Deloitte. And in like 2021, I had clients start to ask me about Web3, what it meant, what was the opportunity, um, what were some of the challenges, especially given um, companies like Facebook changed their name to Meta and um, there was so much news around that. So I decided to jump deep into the crypto rabbit hole. I joined my first bunch of communities, um, started building my global relationships um, to learn about this space. And um, I thought, what better way to upskill than put my own sort of marketing skills to you. So I started advising um, Web3 native brands on their community building and their marketing strategies and um, thinking about how they might go to market um, and yeah, and build their communities. And so at that point in time, um, the unlock for me was realizing that um, NFTs as a technology really gives ownership for a customer and 
gives them um, the ability to co-create um, the products and services that they're consuming, shifting them from sort of passive recipients of a product and service to active co-creators and co-owners in that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that becomes a really powerful tool for a brand to reinvigorate that customer experience um, and engage them in new ways. And so that was really interesting to me. And um, given some of the challenges that brands sort of face um, with customer acquisition and the high costs there, but also with um, um, loyalty and stagnating loyalty, and engagement, um, Web3 tooling like NFTs, but also crypto wallets um, offer sort of a superpower to engage customers better, lower customer acquisition costs, but also collect more richer data on their customers to drive more personalized experiences for them. That's a great answer. Um, and, and I'd like to break that down a, a little bit more. Um, so when you're when you're talking to companies that are at the very beginning of their journey, understand they need to be in this space um, for all the reasons you've just listed, how uh, how do you go about explaining to them um, what the opportunity is and and maybe a bit of a uh, a playbook or a best practice if, if one exists in in helping brands sort of start thinking about what that strategy could look like for them? Yeah, sure. So when we think about Web3, it's essentially just the third iteration of the internet. And I like to talk about it um, as somewhere where ownership and control is decentralized. And if we think about how the internet has evolved over the last 40 years, but also how marketing has evolved, um, that's really sort of a good way to play out that context. So sort of in web one, read-only web, there was corporations like Yahoo and AOL that uh, controlled the flow of internet and brands had clickable banners and email marketing that navigated to individual sites. And then web two came along um, where there was this new era of user-generated content with um, websites like YouTube and Facebook and Wikipedia really giving anyone the voice to share their ideas. But because these platforms were centralized, they owned all the data and they um, generated revenue and they kept that for themselves. And in um, Web2, brands had to really focus on being data-oriented. They had to build up their sales and marketing teams to um, generate leads and then move those leads through the funnel. And then if we think about Web3, um, NFTs is a technology to give anyone the ability to own a piece of the internet and they can represent things like art or code or music or governance rights, credentials, loyalty passes, whatever it may be. Um, but with that technology, it really shifts the relationship between a brand um, and a customer, moving them from sort of passive recipients into active co-owners of that brand um, as they bring in more um, other members into that brand ecosystem, it drives up the value of that NFT token and um, enables benefits for both that brand and, and their community. And so it really yeah, shifts that relationship. And so when brands think about how they might create new products or um, make any decisions, they have the option to go to that community and ask for their input. So it really um, changes that dynamic and that power relationship between a, a brand and a consumer. And so if we think about the opportunity, it's really good to think about um, some brands that have done it really well. So, for example, Nike uh, made headlines last year. They uh, launched their Crypto Kicks collection by acquiring a brand called Artifact and um, uh, generated upwards of $180 million in NFT sales and they attracted 200,000 new members into their sort of brand community. Um, and they're also now... 
um, releasing their swoosh platform, which is a platform for co-creation, which enables their community members to create virtual assets like merchandise and shoes around the Nike brand and potentially earn royalties of that off that. So what Nike essentially is doing here is um, not only tapping into this community to create um, sort of user generated content at scale, but also starting to um, test out and experiment with new products, understand emerging trends in real time, that'll hopefully help them shape up future product development and get a sort of competitive advantage amongst their competitors. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition to, um, sorry, I'm just yeah, no, that's okay. I, I'll just, I'll, I'll just um, pause you there because I am a, personally a very big fan of uh, the artifact community and have yeah. their NFTs. And, and um, one of the things that is a real standout and, and what I see as the opportunity in Web3 is for these companies to um, create and mobilize and empower their communities as creators and be led by um, what these communities want to build and share. And I think that's a very new layer of um, mm. customer engagement that maybe exists in, in a web two sort of version, but certainly not the depth and the level of commitment um, and sort of belonging uh, that that, and loyalty, I think, yeah. that these community members have to the brand and to the people within it. And it's been quite um, fascinating to see this cultural behaviour take shape in Web3 in a way that uh, Web2 doesn't quite achieve. So it seems like for a brand like Artifact and Nike, going down that creator sort of path is very much um, in line with how they can continue building that loyalty and engagement and retention over the long term, which is ultimately what these, these brands exist to, to do. Yeah, definitely. So Web3 really offers that yeah, ability to create these hyper-engaged communities and have this one-to-one -one messaging relationship with the end consumer. And um, research tells us that the average consumer is a, is a, is in a part of about 14 loyalty programs but only active in six of those so brands are looking for new ways to engage them but um yeah take their attention and provide them more valuable offerings and so this is one way to do that effectively mm -hmm. um just on the topic of loyalty you are building insider app which is a, a blockchain loyalty platform tell us a bit more about that yeah, so Insider um, is a blockchain-powered loyalty solution for, for consumer brands to put their loyalty programs on the blockchain, um, offer NFT loyalty uh, passes and rewards, and use those to build hyper-engaged community, um, offer tokenized experiences, as well as collect more valuable data on their customers to drive more personalized experiences. And so any brand can fill out a simple questionnaire launch an nft loyalty pass and their customers can purchase that using a credit card um, and the brand can tap into benefits like generating new revenue creating these um, token gated communities and leveraging crypto wallet data to to build a, a more comprehensive view of customer behavior and their customers since they own these loyalty passes and the rewards associated with those they can trade any uh, rewards that they don't redeem and every time they 
they trade that reward to someone new in the sort of ecosystem. They have the option to bring in an additional customer at sort of little to no marketing cost for the business. So that's a big challenge that brands deal with around sort of customer acquisition costs and that rising, as well as um, the ability to collect meaningful data given privacy updates from brands like Google and Apple that have eliminated third-party cookies. And so um, we believe that blockchain-enabled loyalty can, can unlock some of those benefits for brands. Yeah, brilliant. Um, just, a, I guess, a thought and, and a question. Um, we've discussed sort of the more common um, Web3 strategy around NFTs to kind of enhance customer engagement. Um, can you talk us through some other examples and maybe uh, from kind of a B2B perspective of mm -hmm. what these Web3 strategies look like for brands that um, have a different customer segment? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I believe that brands that are entering this space right now need to be looking at it through the, the dual focus of sort of education and exploration um, and they really need to be thinking about what their purpose is, where their customers are, what they value, how they can provide um, value before extracting it and um, really create a, a fun experience for them. And so we've seen um, a bunch of brands create metaverse experiences, for example, and they really need to think about like, why would my customer enter this metaverse space where they have to onboard to this new platform if it's not for, fun for them and how do we make them return? Like, so recently I saw Hugo Boss do this really well at Metaverse Fashion Week um, and they created this super immersive showroom and I'm not even Hugo Boss customer, but I spent sort of 15 minutes walking around, exploring it and you can, um, uh, you can view sort of these, um, virtual sort of designer clothing and you can click through to, to purchase it on the website, which I thought was really seamless. Um, but yeah, so they need to think critically about that customer and what they want. Um, and we've also seen brands that are entering Web3 sort of do it in one of two ways, either a standalone launch like Starbucks did with their um, Odyssey program, which was their Web3 loyalty program, or they've acquired a well-established um, web3 brand and done it uh, as nike has done with the with the acquisition of artifact and so um there, there are pros and cons to both of those uh, approaches um around sort of risk and um uh, sort of giving up a bit of ownership and um, how you want to sort of execute that way um so brands really need to think about that critically as well as the fact that um brands should be thinking about dipping a toe in maybe um, going in with sort of a marketing campaign or maybe just tokenizing a portion of their loyalty program, um, setting sort of clear metrics for that uh, before they kind of um, uh, sort of fully immerse themselves, just given the steep learning curve involved um, mm -hmm. and the stage that we're at with the whole UX and some of the challenges for their sort of mainstream audiences as well. Mm. I imagine one of the challenges, and this kind of comes up across sort of the Web3 um, discussions in general, is that a mm. lot of the language that's currently used is is quite technical, um, but, you know, when it hits mainstream, it, it, it won't be, and we simply will not really have to know the kind of technology that facilitates it just that it exists and that it's presenting you know faster more efficient improved solutions um 
are you finding that that's also the case with the projects that you're working with, particularly brands that are consumer facing and do need to communicate their sort of Web3 proposition in a way that is easily uh, understandable? Yeah, definitely. I think with um, the recent events in this space with FTX and Luna and all these things that have happened, there's a lot of fear surrounding this, um, this space and brands are trying to question like, why would they enter? Why now? Why not five years from now when there's a tried and tested model? So it's really about sort of stripping away that jargon and kind of highlighting the benefits. Um, and even for their consumer experiences, really taking away some of that terminology. And we've seen brands like Reddit do that really, really Really well when they um, launched their collectible avatar um, collection last year, which was which was essentially their NFT collection, but they had no sort of web free terminology. They reworded their wallets to vaults and um, created a concept that surrounded sort of gamification and brought in um, many Web2 consumers into, into their sort of brand community, which I thought was a very powerful example of a Web2 brand that launched a Web3 initiative and did it without mentioning the word NFTs once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And that will be the reality, I think, for most um, yeah, definitely. when it does become um, a little bit more commonplace. So you're working with uh, a number of household brands that are really achieving positive momentum in the Web3 space. What do you think it will take for it to, to go mainstream and for regular people you know, who maybe not not even aware of, of what blockchain or Web3 technology is for them to be really adopting it in the way that we hope. Yeah, so I think there's a big user experience problem at the moment with um, these technologies and the experiences around them being incredibly clunky, um, people getting rugged. There's so much, so many scams in the space and um, there's um, yeah, a big issue around that. But I think um, some of some brands that are moving into the space that will hopefully generate greater mainstream awareness around this. Uh, like I mentioned before, where Salesforce and Amazon, so Salesforce, for example, recently announced their suite of Web3 products for their enterprise clients to really integrate NFTs within their business models. And given that Salesforce has around 150,000 clients globally and some of them are big brand names, um, they're going to be onboarding a lot of them to Polygon and um, are essentially greenlighting NFTs, which will hopefully encourage greater security, greater regulation, um, better user experiences around this space. And then Amazon later this month um, are launching an NFT marketplace that will um, will sort of pair NFTs with physical assets and um, sort of trial out the pilot with their US Prime customers. So that'll be another great example. Um, and they're offering this very web 2 esque user experience where they'll let their customers purchase with credit cards as opposed to cryptocurrency. So I'd be really interested to see sort of how that lands and how customers um, respond to, to that kind of experience. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the biggest barriers to entry at the moment because it is clunky and for the most part, a lot of it is developed by really great developers who um, perhaps don't have that sort of user experience, um, you know, expertise. And, and I think it's it's telling. And so I'd be really keen to see how some of these bigger tech companies come in and add that 
experience layer to make it more more accessible and more more fun to use to be honest even yeah. I'm sort of um you know always a little bit uh confronted <laughs> with with how difficult it is to navigate and then of course the security concerns on top of that doesn't doesn't make that a you know a mm. common experience um particularly for new people coming in um, I'd like to ask you about a recent post on your blog. Uh, so for those uh, listening, Ashley's got a blog called Native Marketer, which uh, provides tools and insights for Web3 marketing and growth. Um, so do check it out. Your recent post was on this idea of direct to avatar uh, brand experience. And, and I'd love for you to a tell us what that is um, and how far are we from brands providing that virtual first kind of economy? Yeah, sure. So we've seen a number of brands enter sort of centralized worlds like Roblox and Fortnite and offer these virtual first experiences for their consumers, as well as um, virtual only sort of goods and services. Um, and um, given there's about 3 billion gamers globally and um, younger consumers like Gen Z and Alpha are spending increasing amounts of time in platforms like Roblox, where than 67% of consumers are under the age of 17, brands really need to accommodate that and meet these consumers where they are. And these consumers understand virtual um, only assets natively, um, like we sort of understand social um, experiences. And so um, there's a number of considerations that brands need to take when designing virtual only assets. Um, it plays a big role in their sort of identity and expression and um they yeah they need to cater for that and so we've seen brands like forever new um uh launch uh digital beanies last year which mirrored their sort of physical products and they were able to sell about a million units and it only cost them 500 dollars to do that so so we're seeing impressive margins on some of that stuff and we've seen other brands like uh, gucci launch sort of um virtual luxury goods to um to their consumers in roblox um which sold it like $2,000 on the secondary market, but only cost um, $5 in the game. And that was more than the physical version of that product. So really interesting sort of dynamics there. And um, in terms of how far we are um, for sort of mainstream adoption and where we're sort of in the process, I heard this really interesting analogy the other day um, around this, which was where Web3 is at currently is like Harry Potter in the first book where he's just discovered that he's a wizard and that he's got all these powers but he doesn't really know what to do with it. So there's a lot of refinement and testing um, and all these launches and um, better user experiences that need to happen before he's fully equipped to like save the world and defeat Voldemort in that, in that final book. So I thought that was a really interesting analogy for this space because we are quite early and although brands are starting to um, do these experiments, um, there's a big learning curve involved mm. to getting sort of mainstream users into the space. Yeah, wonderful. Um, a couple more quick questions. I guess um, one of the questions we do like asking on this show is around community. And um, I think that's very uh, relevant to both what you're building at Insider App, uh, but also for all of these brands that um, you're working with that need to build a community and and um need to kind of uh, do that in the right way what what does community mean to you and what advice do you have on those building out communities for for their brands sure um 
I guess in the context of Web3, community is really um, a, a group of people that might have a shared interest or shared ownership in something, and they're able to sort of co-create that, um, as well as um, see the upside of, of that going well. And I guess when I'm um, advising Web3 native brands around community building, it's really about thinking about the, the core um, the core sort of fundamentals of that. So what is the purpose of your community? What are the key roles involved? Um, what are you trying to achieve? But then also like how are you onboarding, nurturing, incentivizing and, and engaging the users of that community to ensure it's thriving and self-sufficient? Um, and how are you managing that? How, how do decisions get made? Um, so there's a number of things um, for, for community designers to think about in this space and any sort of brands that are coming into this space really need to think about their go-to-market strategy as they go to community strategy because um, they can really mobilize these audiences around high value adding activities for the brand. Yeah, and, and for Insider App, what, um, what does community mean to, to you there? That's a really good question. Um, we so our tool um, won't provide sort of the community element, but it will provide the technology to be able to token gate experiences um, and um, create sort of meaningful spaces for for their sort of consumers to connect. And so it'll be really interesting to see what brands do with that um, when you think about loyalty and customers really owning those loyalty passes and the sort of engagement and the gamification that unlocks. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Well, it sounds like, a, you know, these uh, all these brands have such an enormous opportunity ahead of them. Um, I think any time that they can explore, you know, and experiment with new ways to build that loyalty and engagement, empower their communities, particularly if there is a creator element. Um, but I really liked what you mentioned earlier about having this kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship and one-on-one -on -one dialogue with, with end customers through a Web3 strategies is really um is really important but but I think we're also just forgetting that it's 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 cool it's it's new it's exciting it's different um you know it's kind of the intersection of so many different disciplines that we're seeing um emerge and as a consumer I think we're hungry for these new experiences and new ways to kind of engage with with our brands in a way that is more personalized to us um, and that kind of goes back into like the data play and the ability for these brands to really have uh, their their sort of finger on the pulse as to what their customers and what their communities are, are, are wanting and being led by that as with all good projects um, do. So um, thank you so much for such great insights today. I really appreciate um, your time and uh, and uh, tell us when, what, when we can expect to see uh, Insider App. Are you close to launching and what's the timeline on that? Yeah, sure. So we're currently building out our solution with a few smaller brands, um, using that as sort of um, pilots to really collect data, metrics, and sort of scale from there. And so um, uh, definitely sort of off a few months, but um, very sort of excited to share back what we're learning. And we've learned so much about the Australian and global consumer landscape and what mm -hmm. customers are wanting um, from their loyalty programs today. So yeah, it's really, it's, it's really exciting to see it take shape. Great. Well, we'll have to get you back on the show so you can we can just do a full episode dedicated on Insider App and um and you can talk us through what uh what that what that looks like. 
Yeah, definitely. That that would be awesome. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your time today, Ashley. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks everyone for listening at home. Ashley, what's the best way to get in touch with you other than your, your blog? Anyone can reach me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Feel free to send me a message to chat. I love meeting new sort of builders um, and enthusiasts in this space. But if you want sort of more marketing related content, you can also pop my blog, Native Marketer on Substack. Um, I can, uh, pop, we can pop the links in the yeah. comments if that's helpful. Um, but yeah, no, thanks so much for having me today. It's been a fun chat. You're very welcome. Thanks for your time, Ashley, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next episode. Bye for now.